You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome in. This is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Another huge Tuesday edition. All I need is one hour. That's all I'm asking from you. So let's roll. Of course, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. And the daily poll question, I believe, is yes, it is up for today. We've done it again. Come up with another one. So we'll get to that in a little while, as we always do. And certainly want to hear from you. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. And, you know, some days there is something that happens overnight that you lead the show with. A game, an issue, a firing, a trade, whatever. But sometimes when you're like me and you're a fan of sports talk radio, when I leave here and I get in my car to drive home, I'm listening to Rick, Chris, and Dave. I'm listening throughout the day. And you'll hear topics, hosts, callers bring up things. So sometimes when I go to lead the show, it's whatever, always whatever the hot story is. But sometimes it's something that is being discussed once I'm off the air that we touched on yesterday. But I hear it so often that it makes my blood boil. And then I feel like, no, we have to revisit this again tomorrow. And that topic would be, for once and for all, the game-winning touchdown for the Vikings on Sunday was not offensive pass interference. Just because guys are jostling for position in the end zone doesn't make it offensive pass interference. The Saints did not lose that game because of that call. Because there should not have been a call made. The play should not have been overturned. They should not have spent five minutes reviewing it. Because you don't need to look at it for more than once to know that is not offensive pass interference. Stop it! That is not the way I want the game officiated, and it's not the way you want the game officiated either. Just stop being ridiculous. You ever have something where your kids are arguing about something? You don't even know what it is because you don't really care that much. (laughs) But you just tell them, stop being ridiculous. Knock it off. I get the pass interference rules are tough to institute because it's not black and white. It's not a strike zone in baseball. It's not inbounds or out of bounds. It's open to interpretation. But honestly, ask yourself, if you're one of the people, and I can't believe that there are that actually that many people out there. I feel like this is just a topic for these talking head shows that run throughout the day. Well, you know what? I'll argue the other side because it'll make for a good argument. When nobody really looked at that play and said, wait a second, the game's not over. He pushed off. Stop. But for the sake of argument that there are people that actually believe that that was that their first takeaway while watching the game was, wait a second, that was pass interference on the on the receiver on uh, Kyle Rudolph, do you really honestly want the game to be called that way? Ticky-tack fouls, ticky-tack every little thing being called, ruling the game, 
the more you get the officials involved, maybe more so in the NFL than in any other sport, but just you really can attribute to any sport. The more the officials are involved in the game, the less control the teams, you know, the people actually playing the game, determines who wins. I don't want that. I want the two teams who are playing in the game to determine who wins, not the officials. I don't want that. You don't want that. This is just trolling. This is complaining to complain. And I think I brought this up yesterday, but my memory is such mush at these days, I don't know. Think back to Saturday. Bills and Texans, that blindside block call on Buffalo. If you are the person who looked at that offensive pass interference and says, well, you know what, they have to get every call right by the letter of the law, well, then that's the type of call, and I think we're all in agreement that that blindside block, unless you're a Texans fan, was complete crap. And it did impact the game. I don't want that impacting the game. I want the players to impact the game. Now, there weren't people screaming about that blindside block call yesterday, probably because it happened on Saturday and it was forgotten by their shows yesterday. But if you called that offensive pass interference on that touchdown, people would have screamed just as loudly, if not louder, the other way. And you know what? At least some of those people that cried if you had made the offensive pass interference call, they would be right. The problem is it would be a lot of the same people. It's just people complaining just to complain. So pick a side. Do you want the NFL officials to be more involved or less? Do you want to be someone who wants to try to make the game perfect, every single play perfect, even though that's impossible and has literally never happened in any sport? Or do you like sports? You like the competition between the two teams, and you want to see the game play out and fix the obvious calls. Yes, obviously. Fix ones that are obvious penalties. Do you want the league to institute more rules? Make them more complex? Because that's worked out fantastically. That's worked out so swell. Rules so complex that for years we didn't know what a catch was anymore. So you can take 10 minutes to review something that on my couch, a thousand miles away. How far is New Orleans? A thousand? Let's go with a thousand miles. That I can see in three seconds is not the call to make. There's nothing to be done. The Saints lost the game. It's over. So pick a side. If you want it to be every single little tiny call, every little tic-tac thing, be out there. Be honest. And keep that intensity in the words of Michael Irvin. Every single play. So the next time that there's a call made by the officials where they're overreaching like they did in the Buffalo game, that's on you. You can't have it both ways, though. You can't complain about the Buffalo call and then complain about the offensive pass interference. Can't do it. one 800 919 espn one 800 919 Okay, so that was the story from yesterday that got my blood boiling. Also, the stupid overtime rules. Overtime in the NFL is fine. 
And I actually saw this, a, a former colleague that I uh, used to work with. That's why he's a former co- <laughs> I think that's pretty well defined there, Gordon. I don't think you had to get into that. Ross Tucker, who has about a billion jobs. I don't know what his primary job is, but he's, he's all over the place. Pro football talk and all these different things. He actually put up a stat. All the people that will complain about the NFL overtime rules will always point to, you know, it's a better system. Well, they got to go with the college system. Do you realize that the winner of the coin toss wins the game in overtime less often in the NFL than in college football? The team who wins the coin toss in college actually wins the game at a higher rate. It's called football, people. It's not baseball. Baseball is everybody gets a turn. Football is football. It's a battle of field position. And if you go out there and play football, you lose the coin toss. The other team gets the ball. Well, you know what? There is an advantage in that. Because if you can get a stop, if you can get a three and out and play defense, the other side of the ball... And get a three and out. Well, then you are almost certainly going to be in excellent field position to win the game. And it would be one thing if the coin toss winner, right, was winning the game 60% of the time. According to Ross's numbers, and I trust them far more than my own, 52.7% of the time the NFL coin toss winner wins the game. In college, it's 54.9%. So almost 55%. But that's an argument for another day. We will not use that one here. But that was the story from yesterday. Today is the story, the New York Giants. Matt Rule set to interview with the Giants. And I would have to say at this point, you'd have to say he's the heavy favorite to land the job, right? Mike McCarthy's off the board. And it certainly seems like, and Matt Rule has always kind of seemed like the front runner from jump. Once his name came out there, but when his first, when his name was first floated, there were reports that the Giants, A, were his dream job, but then there were some other reports on the other side that said he had no interest in working with Dave Gettleman. Well, look, I don't know how things are going to play, play out. It's not a deal until you have a deal. But if things play out like they seem they will, right? Like as we sit here at 510 on a Tuesday morning before they've interviewed him, I guess it's possible Matt Rule goes in there and just vomits all over his shoes. But if he goes in there and I'm sorry for the word description there, maybe I should have picked a better. If he goes in there and doesn't trip all over himself, it certainly seems like he's going to get the Giants job. And if he does, you will have to say and I will have to say that the narrative that keeping Dave Gettleman would hurt the Giants chances of landing the head coach they wanted would be wrong. Because Matt Rule's name has been out there, I think it was even out there before, for sure, they were getting rid of of Pat Shermer. But it's certainly been out there pretty early on. And I was a big believer in that, I wasn't telling you that I would definitely fire Gettleman, although he's had plenty of issues. If you did, it would not be uh, necessarily the worst thing in the world. But the narrative that him staying would would narrow your coaching pool, well, that just turns out to be 100% wrong. So I was wrong on that, and anybody else who agreed was wrong as well. So we'll get into that coming up. 1-800-919-ESPN. 
The Matt Rule thing looks like it's done, and that ties into our poll question for today. It's amazing how I did that. The Giants are set to interview Matt Rule today. At this point, he seems the overwhelming favorite. If he does land the job to be the next head coach of the Giants, how will you feel? A, slam dunk. The Giants are back. B, not as into it as the first option, but you see him as the best of the names that have been floated to you. You're not conducting the search. The Giants are. And maybe there's some candidate you wish they had interviewed but didn't. But of the names of the people, they Matt Rule, I believe, would be the sixth person that they've interviewed. You see him as the best of a limited bunch. That would be option B. C, should have hired McCarthy. Mike McCarthy off to the Dallas Cowboys. Or D, yuck, no thanks. I was thinking about going D, should have kept Pat Shermer, but I just couldn't do it in good conscience. I don't think that that, that might have been the first time we had a poll question that got zero votes. So those are your options. You can vote on the poll question. It's up on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Coming up, I'll give you my answers. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. So two things before we get into Matt Rule. A, one thing I got absolutely right, which I, I feel like I should take a little bit of credit, and then one thing I got completely wrong. Yesterday, I was saying during the updates that we do during uh, Golik and Wingo, Michael K., big mystery guest. Mainly because I completely screwed up reading his tweet. He had a tweet on Sunday saying, Big Football Monday. And then I saw a big mystery guest. But he actually, if you read the whole thing, he clearly said on Tuesday. I was repeating it as as it was going to happen yesterday. Well, look, if you think that Joe Douglas is a, a big mystery guest, he was on yesterday. It wasn't a mystery, though. That's the problem. I really can't make that argument because it was pretty well documented he was going to be on the show. But today... Is, is the cat out of the bag? The cat's out of the bag, right? Larry David, the great Larry David, curb your enthusiasm, I believe is getting close to returning for another season. So I, I'm guessing that's why he's coming in, to promote that, as if that needs any promotion at this point, right? Like, I guess you have to promote that it's on so that people know that it's back because it's not a thing that pops up regularly, right? It's not like, hey, every February... It's uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, but I think that uh, everybody, uh, as soon as they know that it's on, everybody's going to be watching it. So the great Larry David going to be on in studio with the guys today. That's uh, one of the guys that there's not many celebrities that I'd actually like to meet. He is one, and I get the feeling that he's not somebody who's looking to meet a lot of people. So that really is a credit to the K-Show that he feels comfortable enough with those guys and likes those guys enough. To come in and, and sit in during the show. And, of course, if Larry David wants to come in and sit in ju- during your show, well, why wouldn't you do that, of course? So that'll be – I think he's coming in at 3.30 today. But, look, look, the show starts at 2.55. I, I don't get the feeling that Larry is holding out until 3.30. So it's possibly shows up earlier. So if you're watching on Yes, if you're listening on the on the smart speakers, obviously just say listen to ESPN New York and uh, you'll hear Larry David with the guys today. Now, the thing that I, that was the thing I got wrong, the thing that I've got right, and it's funny, it feels like this has been going on for a while and we don't really mention it because it's not a real hot topic, but it seems like in the last 24 hours, all of a sudden people have realized, hey, you know what? The net season's not going very well. Look at that. Who knew? Now, the reason we haven't focused on it mostly because nobody's focused on it mostly because it's the Nets. And I was the first person to say it, and and not the only person to say it, but 
I got on the I got on board as quickly as humanly possible when it was announced or when it was expected that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant were going to Brooklyn. I told you that the day that that happened, yes, there would be stories about those guys going to Brooklyn, but the bigger takeaway would be that those guys didn't go to the Knicks. That was the bigger takeaway. And can you imagine, can you possibly imagine that the Knicks had gone out and signed Kyrie Irving, a guy that I told you before it ever happened, I don't want him because he's constantly hurt. He has issues with personality. I don't know what the issues are, but clearly they are, they are there. There's too many documented cases of this guy just never being happy. And I don't know, maybe he's happy right now, but he's not playing. So fans of the team that he's on aren't all that happy, and that would have been me. But can you imagine had the Knicks signed Kyrie Irving? Now, they wouldn't have been given the accolades that, that the Nets were, but there would have been some accolades. Hey, we got they got Kyrie Irving, great. And then... They got into a season where it's not early on anymore, right? We're getting pretty close to about halfway through the season. And the Nets are under 500. They've lost six in a row. And Kyrie Irving hasn't played since, what, November? It's been a long time. And whether or not he ever plays again this year seems pretty much up in the air. Could you imagine? I will tell you this. It wouldn't have just popped up like it has here in the last 24 hours or so. It would have been back page fodder every single day. Why is that? Because the Knicks matter. And for whatever reason, the Nets don't. That's not me saying that. That's the facts, dude. That's as clear as the nose on your face. But let's get to Matt Rule. Because if I were going to spend an entire show talking about the Nets and Kyrie Irving, I would not be doing my job. But the poll question, it's up for today. Did I mention that? It's on Twitter. It's at Gordon Damer. And it's about Matt Rule. Giants are set to interview Matt Rule today. Certainly seems like he's the overwhelming candidate to get the job. And our poll question is, if he does get the job, which it looks like it'll be, how do you feel? A, slam dunk. Giants are back. This is a great hire. They're going to be back competing not just in the playoffs, but competing for Super Bowls again. And this is the guy who's going to lead them. That's the first option. B is, I like it. Best of the names that I've heard. C, should have hired Mike McCarthy. D, yuck, no thanks. Well, I don't think yuck, no thanks should be really under consideration all that much. There are things I like about uh, about Matt Rule. There are things that I don't like about Matt Rule. It is still surprising to me, though, and my initial take when his name was floated was that it's interesting that this relatively young, hot coach, you'd have to say he is the hot name this coaching cycle. And what we know about him is he has been smart about not just jumping at the first job that comes down the path. He had the chance for the Jets job last year. He already announced that he had no interest in going to Cleveland. Those appear to be two smart decisions when you consider that he would not have been able to co- uh, bring his own coaching staff to the Jets. 
if you're a guy in his position and you have teams clearly interested in you, use that leverage to pick the best situation for yourself. So I like that. But it's a little surprising to me that this guy who's going to get his first crack at the NFL at some point, certainly seems, that he is going to hook his wagons to a situation like the Giants. Now, apparently the Giants are his dream job, so maybe he's willing to overlook some things. But this is a job that has a lot of work to do, and the pairing of Dave Gettleman and Matt Rule, I got to say, it just seems like an odd pairing. Here's this young, smart guy who's going to be paired with this old-school GM. Now, everybody will point to the job he has done turning around not just one, but two programs, Temple and then, of course, Baylor. I don't know that that really translates to the NFL. What I would be interested in, and I was trying to do some research on this, what percentage of the rosters stayed the same, right? His record has been pretty close to identical. First season, he comes in, they have a terrible season because he's just gotten there and he's got to rebuild the program, right? That's what you would expect. Year two, they're around 500, obviously moving in the right direction. And then by year three, they're a winning team playing far better than they were just two years ago. Very Three years, if you could tell Giant fans, hey, in three years, you're going to be sitting at 10-6, and 11-5, you would sign for that, obviously. I'm sure that there is coaching involved in that, taking some of the players who were there and did not have success, putting them in better positions, coaching them better, all those things. But I would think that there's also a good percentage of that, probably the larger percentage of that, that it's just about getting better players, recruiting better players. And I don't really think that that translates because the model for acquiring talent in college is not the same as acquiring talent in the NFL. And it's not going to be his job to acquire talent. One of the reasons why he was successful in college, obviously he was able to recruit better talent than had been there previously. Yes, coaching whatever talent you have available, that is part of it too. But I would think that that's one of the reasons why it's so hard to predict whether or not a college coach will ever be successful at the NFL level. And there's no better example of that than Nick Saban. There's no question that if you give... 10 coaches, the same talent, that Nick Saban is going to be at the top of that list. But he was not able to acquire the talent necessary to be successful in the NFL. Now, he was only there for two years. It wasn't like he was the disaster. And who knows, maybe if the Alabama job didn't become available, he would have stayed in the NFL. Or maybe if he had taken the shot with Drew Brees rather than Dante Culpepper, Maybe he's still in the NFL and is still being successful. But I just think it's very hard to predict which college coaches will go to the NFL and be successful when the model for acquiring talent is completely different. Now, one thing that you will hear a lot is the reason why college coaches are not successful is because they generally take bad jobs. And you'd have to say that's probably true. I think that's why most coaches take jobs. They're taking over jobs that did not have success. They were not talented teams, and that's the reason why they're making changes. So every guy who takes over a job is taking over one that was not successful the year before. But that's a problem for Giant fans because right now your your team is a bad team. Over the last seven years, they're 42-61. and 61. And you take out the one year 
They're 31 and 56, I believe. My math is always not always the best. Check my math. Now, I like the fact he's got coaching experience in a bunch of positions. He's not just some hot play caller who's the, the flavor of the month. He's had success in multiple places. And his reputation in NFL circles is that of an up-and-coming coach who will have success at some point. Like, people weren't saying that he would definitely get a job last season or this season, but it seems like the NFL insiders who you listen to, they all say that he has respect among NFL decision-makers that when he gets a job, that most teams would be happy to have him. So I like that about him. I think probably, though, the thing I like most about him at this point is that plan B for the Giants would be way, way worse. Like, of the other names mentioned, there's no name in that bunch that I really like. And the one thing that you've heard since the Cowboys made their decision with Jason Garrett is that the Giants won't consider Jason Garrett unless something were to happen and Matt Rule would not be the coach. To me, that would be the worst option of the bunch. And anything I can avoid to do to avoid the worst option of the bunch, I want to do. So if I'm a Giant fan, yeah, I think I feel good about Matt Rule. I like this, there's things I like, there's things that I don't like. But if I were to answer the poll question today, I got to be honest, I think that I'd probably go with should have hired McCarthy. Mike McCarthy was the stable coach, the adult in the room, would have come in here and would have been a respectable ca- Is he the sexiest candidate? No, clearly not. And maybe he should have gotten more out of the talent he had in Green Bay. But people are making it out now with the way things ended in Green Bay as if he had no success or he had like one lucky season where they got hot. The guy's 50 games over 500 in his coaching career. The idea that Mike McCarthy can't coach an NFL team is outlandish. And I just feel like that that pairing, both McCarthy and Gettleman, probably would have worked better. I could see that meshing a lot better than I can Matt Rule coming in here and working with Dave Gettleman. So if I had to answer the poll question, I think I probably would have hired Mike McCarthy, and that would be my pick of the four options. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Here's a break down the side. Lee, shoot! The captain buries it! And Anders Lee has the game's first goal! It's 1-0 New York! Just shy of seven minutes in the period three! My Islanders, your your New York Islanders, your moment of inspiration for this Tuesday morning. Good morning. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Before we head to the phones, I did have to touch on a couple other things. One, uh, Mike McCarthy is uh, one of the things that uh, happened yesterday after the show was over. About 10 o'clock, you get the reports. It looks like Mike McCarthy's headed to Dallas, and good for him. He's finally back. I feel like he has been unfairly maligned here as being this bumbling fool who simply only had success because of having great quarterbacks. And it's funny, for all the talk about how his relationship with Aaron Rodgers was bad and he wasted Aaron Rodgers, the other quarterback that he had in his time in Green Bay, Brett Favre, has been pretty out there pointing out that he thinks Mike McCarthy's a great coach. So it feels like we've spent more time focusing on his relationship with Aaron Rodgers rather than what a uh, Hall of Fame quarterback in Brett Favre has had to say. 
And I've made this point clear before that I would have, if I were the Giants, I would have hired him. I would have hired him if I was the Jets last year. Because he is, I know what I'm getting with Mike McCarthy. And sometimes it depends on what the situation is for a coach. And when you're a team that has struggled for as long as the Giants have kind of struggled here, or for the Jets for that matter, I think what you need is to bring in somebody who is stable. Someone who, as I said before, is the adult in the room who has a track record of success. It's not just one year or two years here or there. It's not great one year, terrible the next year. It's pretty consistent. The guy's 50 games over 500 in his coaching career, and now people are making it out like he's Jeff Fisher. That's not the case. He did an excellent job, and for any organization outside of maybe the New England Patriots, if you could get the track record that Mike McCarthy had with Green Bay to be your track record for the next 10 years, you would sign for it. This idea that it's only successful if you win multiple championships. Teams don't win multiple championships. If you can get one, get one. And Mike McCarthy, I think, is a excellent hire of all the names being mentioned. I think that the Dallas Cowboys is a great situation for him. Now, that said, there's no excuses for him now. It took him probably longer than he thought to get a job. And if he didn't get the Cowboys' job... I don't know that he was going to get another one this year. And I think for him, if you were available last offseason, didn't get a job, and then went this offseason without getting a job, I think that the chances of you getting a job, it's one thing to wait for the right opportunity, but at some point you have to go, right? You have to get that chance and, and, and get in there and, and get to work. He has perhaps the most talented team in that division. He's got to go there and start winning 10 games a season. He's got his second chance. Very rare guys get a third chance in that job. So time to show he's learned from what he did wrong last time and start winning some games. And if he can go there and have the success, and the fact that he's open to Kellen Moore apparently staying on as offensive coordinator, maybe that's part of the deal that he had to make to get the job. I don't know. But at least that would lead you to believe he's a little bit more open-minded. He had the reputation of being very stubborn and wanted to call the plays before. So maybe that's a sign that he's learned from his past mistakes and is ready to go out there. And and it would not be shocking to me if Mike McCarthy goes to Dallas and in a year from now we're getting ready for the divisional round of the playoffs and Mike McCarthy's getting ready for a playoff game. It would be far more surprising to me if Mike McCarthy goes there and they have all the same problems that they had before. That would be far more shocking to me. Now, the other story that came out yesterday when it turned out that he got the job was that he stayed over at Jerry Jones's house. I heard a lot of people yesterday talking about that. Like he had a choice. <laughs> if Jerry Jones says to you, hey, I want you to coach my team, stay over at the house, That's the deal. You're staying over at the house. Would you rather stay at Jerry Jones's house overnight or coach the Cleveland Browns? I would rather stay at Jerry's house. I'm sure I would rather stay at Jerry's house on the roof than coach the Cleveland Browns. He could have told me I had to stay outside in like the big wood pile 
for the fireplace. You had to build a little shelter for yourself. Okay, sounds good, Jerry. I don't want to coach Cleveland. Let's do it. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. All right, let's get some phone calls in. Uh, we'll start things off with Eli in Queens. Eli, my man, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, man? Good morning, Gordon. What's up? I'm ashamed to say that my Giants are just turning into the New York Mets. Like, they're doing every move that the Mets... The Mets lost Girardi to Philadelphia, and these guys let the Dallas Cowboys, their rivalry... Their, 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 you know, their rival team pick up an experienced Super Bowl caliber coach, which is incredible. And I think that the Giants more or less fell asleep, and then McCar- the Dallas Cowboys just took McCarthy right under them. Because this guy, he, I think he loved the, the, the idea of coaching uh, Jones and, and being – you know, that that coach that brings the Giants back to a respectable franchise. But, nope, the Giants are turning right into the Mets. Oh, look, I think right now it would be a step up for them to turn into the Mets. The Mets had a winning year last year. Now, it was a disappointing year because of the way it came about, and then they gave you some false hope later in the season, and it turned out to be false hope. But at this point, the Giants would have to take a step up to be the Mets. The Mets were in playoff contention last year. Outside of one year, the Giants have not been. There's a lot of work to do. And Matt Rule, while an interesting name and certainly one that has respect within NFL circles, he's got a lot of work to do here. And for a guy who comes in and we don't know whether or not he can do the job on an NFL level. It's great what he did at Temple. It's great what he did at Baylor. But this is a big step up. He's an unknown and the Giants' situation is such an unknown. To me, it would have made, I agree with Eli, that it would have made more sense to go out and get somebody who I know from day one when he walks in the door that he can do the job at the NFL level. There's no question about that. He might not maximize the talent like you'd like, but he could absolutely do the job at the NFL level. He has had that experience. He has, has, he has that resume. There's a lot of uncertainty with the Giants and whether or not they're ever able to get enough talent to kind of turn this around, that's one thing. But there's a lot of uncertainty with the coach that it certainly seems like they're going with. Now, in terms of the point that he made that, that the, the Cowboys came in and stole him from the Giants, I think that Matt Rule was always the number one name on their list. So you can't say that they came in and stole him if you didn't really want him to begin with. I think they liked Mike McCarthy. I don't know what happened in the interview per se, but it did not, it never really felt like McCarthy was the front runner or that there were two front runners or that the Giants could go either way. It's always kind of felt like since this process has gotten underway that Matt Rule was the number one name with fans and the number one name with the Giants organization. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Our poll question up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. It certainly seems like Matt Rule, who was set to interview with the Giants today, is the overwhelming favorite right now. And I think for Giant fan sanity, he better get the job. Boy, he comes into there with a lot of leverage. A lot of leverage. Because if it ever turned out that the Giants didn't hire him, a, it would be kind of a PR disaster, even if it was their decision. Even if they were like, yeah, you know, we interviewed him. We don't feel like he's ready right now. I think the fan base is so jazzed up for Matt Rule and hearing all these glowing things about him, because I don't think most people are watching Temple games or Baylor games. 
it's been, it's mainly been the, the the talk that surrounds him more than necessarily the performance that you've witnessed. If it ever turned out that he turned down the Giants or the Giants decided to go in another direction, boy, that would be a disaster. But our poll question, which is up for today on Twitter, at Gordon Damer, if he does become the Giants head coach, how will you feel? Four options for you there. You can vote on them. The other thing that's kind of crazy is that do you realize you talk about NFL contracts not being worth the, the paper they're printed on? College football coaches' contracts are completely worthless. Do you realize that Matt Rule is currently under contract with Baylor? What year do you think he's under contract through? 2028. He is under contract through 2028. Well, you're saying, well, Gordon, he got there three years ago. They probably gave him a 10-year. No, 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 no. He just got a new contract extension. He just signed it in September. (laughs) That's good work if you can get it, man. So, yeah, he comes in there with a lot of leverage, boy. And we'll see if the Giants get the job done. I expect that they probably will. And they better because the next name up on the list, it's not going to be Joe Judge. It's going to be uh, Jason Garrett. Ooh, what, what would I like better? Would I like the guy who turned down the Jets to go to the Giants and be successful there? Would that be better for me? Or would it be better for the whole thing to implode on the Giants and for them to hire Jason Garrett because the the torches and the pitch – Forks would be out if that ever turned out to be the case. All right, let's get some more calls in here. 1-800-919-ESPN is the phone number. Here's Gibby on Long Island. Gibby, what's going on, my man? Hey, good morning. Good morning, Gordon. Tried to call, by the way, Saturday morning, but it was a little busy between 8 and 9. So, yeah. Um, I agree with you about McCarthy. I mean, you know, you got a proven winner, a guy who uh, did it over a long period of time and coached two of the great quarterbacks, you know, uh, in NFL history, one of whom who you said – has uh, significantly endorsed him, but it's now yesterday's news. Uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see what's going to happen with Josh McDaniels. I mean, I know that he was interviewing whether or not he would consider actually leaving. Uh, nobody seems to know what's going on with Belichick. But tell me any great franchise that won without a great quarterback. I mean, there's a couple over the years, Trent Dilfer, maybe right. Jim McMahon. Right. You know, what are you going to do? Are you going to blame the guy because he had Favre and Rodgers? It's his fault. He still was 50 games over 500 experience, and he spent the last year, which was really well documented, kind of bringing himself into the diagnostics and logistics and all the things that people are talking about are necessary today to be a good leader. So it doesn't make sense to me. And by the way, comparing the Giants to the Mets is ridiculous. The, the Mets had one glaring deficiency, and that was a bullpen that gave up more, you know, lost more games or blown more saves than any team in the entire major leagues. Without that, the Mets obviously would have certainly been in the playoffs, and at least Brody Van Wagen went out and addressed that. So unless it's Josh McDaniels as, as the alternative to rule, I, I don't know where they're going. Uh, it seems to me, I mean, you know, uh, there's another person who seems to know what she's talking about, you know, uh, on, on the station that also uh, talks about Belichick and the history, the, the mystery of Belichick. But I really do agree with you. McCarthy seemed to have been a really smart choice. The only thing I could think about is maybe because rule is young, the giants want to go in a direction possibly like, or McDaniels too, where they can have a guy for many years, as opposed to hiring a guy, maybe in his fifties or, or closer to 60. So anyway, thanks yeah. for taking the call and have a great day. Well, look, that that's another thing that is a positive, right? If you're, if you're bringing in the 40 year old, you would think that this is a guy who's going to grow over time. You wouldn't expect that the giants are going to be ready to win right away next year. 
So that that probably bodes well for him, right? Mike McCarthy is a little bit older. I don't know how old Mike McCarthy is, but he's probably in his 50s at least. So, yeah, maybe that might be the case. But Mike McCarthy just got done 10 years in Green Bay or however long it was in Green Bay. It wasn't like he was somebody who burned himself out after three or four years. And I would not think that that's going to be the case in Dallas either. So I I don't know. I, I just seem like here's a guy who has a resume, who has a track record. And when you're in the he Mike McCarthy is 56. So, okay, he's a little he's 10 years, basically 10 years older or 12 years older than Matt Rule is. When you have an organization that has been kind of going through the wilderness here, and it depends on what time frame you want to use, but the last two years, the Giants have been dreadful. They have been, you have to say, probably the worst team. Over the last two years, record-wise, the Giants probably are the worst team in football. Last year, they both years, they've been completely out of it from from jump, from the start of the season. They basically didn't win. They won a couple of games early this year and then followed that up with an eight-game losing streak. The year before, they started one and seven. They have been terrible. And there's a lot of work to do, and whether or not the GM is able to do that remains a major question. Whether or not bringing him back is the right decision is a major question. And now you're going to bring in this kind of unknown in Matt Rule. It just seems like if I could have avoided that, I think that would have been the better way to go. Speaking of unknowns, yesterday, the big decision, I I, I delayed my nap yesterday. My routine, and you know me, if you know me at all, you know I love a midday nap. It's one of the big benefits of this shift. You, You get a little bit of sleep at night, but then you go home every day to a nap. Never sit in traffic. You go home to a nap every single day. You can't live much better than that. So I delayed the nap yesterday until I could see whether or not Tua Tungvaluwa was going to enter the NFL draft. He holds his press conference. Nick Saban is there. And it's been funny because with his injury, it seemed like the slam dunk decision for him to go into the draft, right? He might not ever make that money back. He could go back to Alabama, sure, and maybe boost up his stock some more. Although, even with the injury, he's going to be taken in the first round. He's going to be taken high up in the first round. So I don't know how much really he could re help out his, his stock value by going back for another year. And if he did go back for another year, there's the huge risk of another injury, which would sink his draft stock altogether. So it seemed like a foregone conclusion. Yeah, he's injured. Absolutely, the time is now. But as we got closer to him making a decision, a lot of people, a lot of a lot of college football insiders said, "No, no, no, no." He's leaning towards going back to Alabama, which seemed like such a mistake, complete mistake. But yesterday he makes it official; he is turning pro. He will be in the NFL draft this year. And in terms of draft scouting and draft nicks and all those guys, they all think that he. Deserves to be one of the top three or four players drafted. And I'm sure he probably will be. Now, Miami is a team that is sitting at five, but there's already been talk that uh, Detroit sitting at three is a possibility. A team could move up. Either the Chargers or maybe the Jaguars or the Dolphins could move up to three to take Tua. The Giants are certainly sitting in a better position at four because they don't need a quarterback. So maybe this is the year that Dave Gettleman finally properly analyzes 
draft value and says, you know what, let's move down a couple of spots, still get the guy that we want, and we can pick up another pick or two to kind of rebuild this team. Maybe maybe that's the year. Now that they have the computer folks in the building, now that they have their analytics people in the building, maybe that's the case. To me, any team that is looking for their next franchise quarterback, the Dolphins, the Chargers, that is a risk you cannot take. And I know I'm going to be shouting into the wilderness on this thing because quarterback's the most important position. Tua seems to have all the tools necessary. Maybe not the big-time arm, but in terms of touch, in terms of instincts, in terms of personnel, all the things that you look for, in a, maybe not the size, but all the things that you look for of a successful quarterback. And it feels like Tua's been one of these guys that's been in college for 10 years. It seems like he's been there for certain guys that just seem like they're in college for seven years. And he's been one guy that we've been talking about at the top of the draft. To me, that is way too much of a risk. If your franchise is down and been in the wilderness and is looking to turn things around and is looking for their franchise quarterback, it's great to say, hey, just keep taking guys until you know. But that's not the way it works. Very rarely do you take a guy at the top of the draft and they come in and they're terrible right away and stay terrible. Usually they give you some some fleeting hope. Hope that turns out to be false hope, but fleeting hope all the same. The most important thing is, is the guy going to be able to play? And there's nobody anywhere right now who can tell you for sure, health-wise, this is a guy who will be able to get healthy and stay healthy. It's too big a risk. All right, that's going to do it for today. Please vote on the poll question. We'll see you tomorrow at 5, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.